Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 99 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode the opposite of 99 problems, and you'll figure out why pretty soon, but let me do the intro. So this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the show, or you can go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast there, leave me stars, likes, all that kind of stuff, let me know how I can improve. Or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com, write me an email, uh, let me know what you think of the show, or at least that you heard the show. And I'm on Twitter, at JustLittleJoe, on Twitter, of course. And big news, um, I'm now on the Google Play Store, so I'm on Android devices. So all of my podcasts actually hit Android at once, which is crazy, because I got all that going. And today, I'm with my friend Martin, He's he's been on the podcast before. And uh, we are going to talk about, the first thing we're going to talk about is Metal Slug 3, because, what was it, like three weeks ago, probably? You and I sat yeah, down. Yeah, it was, uh, and I'll say it was fun, but it wasn't the fun I was hoping for, because I understand that it is probably difficult for somebody at Microsoft to go through the rigmarole, to like create a server, like how many people are going to be playing Metal Slug 3, how robust do we want to make the online service, uh, they'll figure it out. How much time did you and I spend trying to figure out like a server and? Oh man, we spent at least twenty minutes trying to figure out how to play co-op with clicking on the co-op button. And we yeah. spent twenty minutes, then we finally just gave it up and we started playing yeah. our own games while yeah. talking. Um, yeah. And it was brutal. It was. It was. Yeah, I, that's what I wanted though, because your son joined too, and I was like, perfect, three players. You know, let's do this. And it was 20 minutes of us, hey, click on this. Hey, did you make a lobby? Yeah, but it's coming up with some other random lobby that we don't know who that person is or that gamer tag is. Uh, so we're not going to obviously join their lobby. And then it kept coming up. So uh, shout out to whoever was out there trying to start a lobby on a Saturday afternoon of Metal Slug. Like, someone's going to join any day now. Someone's going to join. I mean, kudos to that person, my friend, is all I got to say. is that, that person right there saying... It's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Someone's going to join. And well, it, it's funny because we were clicking on, like, friends only, you know? And so we right. were clicking on friends only and then start a game, a matchmaking game, and it would come up with people. You're like, those aren't even my, my friends. My friends aren't even coming up on yeah. the friends only button. And then I, I'm like you where I don't have a lot of friends on Xbox, so I would recognize the username. But then part of me thought, even if I didn't recognize a username and thought I forgot a friend, what random group of my little bit of friends is going to be like, today's the day I'm playing Metal Slug 3, and they also logged on and wanted to play at the same time? I mean, that, that's not even close. That's not even that, that, I, I don't even want to know the astronomical, like what the math works out to that actually happening of like, let's, let's, today's the day, you know? Um, the game, it, it does do the thing. I mean, a lot of the games... Back then, I remember, you know, it was totally made to suck your quarters in, right? At the arcade where things are flying at you, things are exploding. Oh, you got hit by this bug. You're dead. You know, like instant death. Put in another quarter. And, you know, on this, at least they allow you to just hit continue a bunch of times, but then you run out of those. Um, And I don't know if there's a way to get more. I mean, you have so many lives, and I think you get extra lives, but I think after the continue, I don't think there's a way to... Like, sooner or later, you just can't continue, right? If I remember right? It yeah. was a couple weeks ago. Like I. Yeah, so Metal Slug 3 was... When you die, you can continue, and then you would start all over with five lives or whatever it was again. But after you died again, you went through all your lives, you couldn't restart the game. But in... Um, the first Metal Slug and the second Metal Slug, especially the first one, you could die and then hit continue and you'd get three more lives right. until you beat the game. But in Metal Slug 3, you died three times, you continued, you died three times, and then you got to put in your initials. Yeah, <laughs> which is always a good feeling when you're you're like, no, oh, and I'll do the other... Yeah, I mean, when you and I were playing, I think, we, I, think I got to level two, I think, because that lobster or whatever it was that it's armored can i just shout out that scientist again that was like you know what we should do we should make that lobster bigger and hear me out put some armor on him and some weapons right, right. And, and then rockets. like how does he know where how to fire the rockets yeah. you know, he's like, 
I think at that point, maybe he got so big, he was like, I get it. I got rockets. Like, he was sentient at that point. Like, lobsters, I don't know how smart or dumb they are, but maybe his brain grew with, he's like, I got two hearts. Or what, you know, my our hearts in the back of me, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, it was well, fun. Talk about the lobster, right? First of all, you got something that's the size of a dollar bill, yep. right? Yep. And then you go, you know, let's make them the size of a skyscraper. Now, when you make something that big, it's already armor right it's got an exoskeleton yeah he's got the, the you put armor on top of something that's already armored yeah they you they know? were they were crazy somebody was bucking for a promotion in that mad scientist lab it's like <laughs> you know because they were like well we got the soldiers and we got like pow's like they're and we got power-ups that's gonna make them come but what if we supersize this lobster and somebody in the lab was like i see you're gunning from Moses johnson you know like it was like the one guy who wanted I will say the second level is cool. Which is, did you get farther than the second level? Because um, we played no. for like an hour and a half, and it was kind of frustrating. So I was like, man, like this isn't really what we wanted. So the first level uh, was brutal, and then got to the second level. That was interesting. By all means, you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember uh, the two towers? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry, the dark towers. The dark towers. Yep. You know the uh, lobster type things on the beach. That oh yeah, like the, the second uh, novel when he was on the beach yeah. and they were making that weird they noise. Took all and, his hands, yeah, yeah. You know, and his fingers or something. His fingers took his fingers and they, they were like life side. That's what the, yeah. the second level reminded me of when you had these life side data tub, data chim things yeah. come at you. Yeah. So, but no, I didn't make it fat. Ronan, I did not make it. Well, fat. I know. I I thought that the zombie thing was interesting. Of like, if you become a zombie, you still could play. It was like, well, right. yeah. Yeah, you would like vomit. Like it was I mean, I remember having a good day, but you know, a good time playing those, but I, I remember I really wanted to play online with you. It was, it was really frustrating when it was just like this is not working, you know? No, no, and it, no. I was really excited because when I was like 19 years old, uh, Sean and I before going out and quote looking for a job, I would go over to his place <laughs> and we would play until we the, the first one we would play until we beat the first metal slug and then after we beat it we would we would get up and we'd go uh looking for jobs that was only uh, like so, in how long did it take you guys to beat it like a couple hours after you got it down yeah once we got it down it took us two hours to beat uh the first metal slug and then we were like all right let's go and so we would we would go quote unquote look for a job and, and sometimes <laughs> we'd come back and play, play again so i was really excited it was very nostalgic you know, the Metal Slug, the Neo Geo era, because that's what it came out Remember, with. Remember a long time ago, a long time ago with Neo Geo, they actually had a memory card slot in the arcade, and apparently yeah. if you had the home console, you could save your stuff on a card and then go to the arcade yeah. and put your card in and, and bring up your info. And that was a really cool idea, and I remember hearing about that, but what sucked was the arcades that you and I went to and the neighborhoods we went to, they just put a bolt like through the because they don't want people sticking stuff in the memory card slot, yeah. so they just put a bolt in there or they like put a plate over it because they're like, no, we don't want anybody. Yeah. So I mean, in theory, it was like a really cool idea. I'm sure if you lived in a nicer neighborhood, it would have worked. But I guess where we lived, right. they were just like, no, no, we don't. Well, what's crazy? What's crazy about that is growing up. Uh, this was the the, the Nintendo. This was uh, there was not the Nintendo. This was like the Super Nintendo, Nintendo sixty four era, and Neo Geo came out with some some of the games like that. And uh, they did Samurai, Samurai Showdown. Showdown. Yeah, I remember that. Which was a fantastic game back in the day. But the whole thing was like people were like, man, the Neo Geo is like four five hundred dollars or six hundred dollars. Right. And, you know, back then we were just like, that is ridiculous. Who's gonna pay that? You know, into the Sandman now, and you're just like. Five hundred dollars for a PlayStation. You're like saving up now. Yeah, four hundred four hundred bucks is a deal, you know, for the yeah, digital right, version. Right. You know, you can find them. Uh, that you know, they said now there's chip shortages, so they said those are going to continue through the summer. And then they even said, I saw an article right before I uh, we did this where the Nintendo Switch, even though there's some in stock, they're running out of chips. So they said they could run into a chip shortage of the Switch this year. So even though they have, they can produce through so much, they're going to start running out of chips. So uh, it, it's a big deal to do that. I mean, it was fun to play with you and uh, your son, uh, but it, it wasn't what I wanted. You know, like like we ta- we wanted. And again, I don't know what it's worth. I mean, I wonder if that's what it was like on Xbox Live, and if there was just a bigger ecosystem, if there was more search options. But since they just threw it on um, 
well, I'm not going to say throw it. If they put it on Game Pass, maybe they just had it as is. And we're like, you know, they, they, they were like, well, you know, people have fun playing this for whatever. Like, we don't have the resources to, like, go through the net code and figure out how people can find each other. I mean, it was still good. Uh, well, what's great about that is, like, Rogue got to see, because I remember playing Metal Slug when Metal Slug first came out. Uh, I was in Germany, so it was around 94 when I was playing, like, the original Metal Slug and, like, uh, a Samurai Showdown. So, you know, and now you enter uh, the current day and age, you know, and Ronan, you know, I don't know what we're up to now in the way of, uh, like, I think, graphics. Like, I think it's... 16-bit, 32-bit. I think um, it's, like, well, I think we're at the 7th or 8th generation, and it's all it's all HD, 4, 4K is the new thing, right? Like, all the patches for the new games. Like, Marvel's Avengers, the best 6 out of 10 game that no one's playing. They did a 4K, 60 FPS patch for the PlayStation 5 if you have a PlayStation 5. Uh but nobody nobody has. Well, like some people have them. Like some people are lucky enough to beat the scalpers. Like obviously a lot of media personalities and game journalists and stuff. And then if you were just quick on the Switch, you know, when they got uh released, you got one, but you know, I don't have one. They're not around. I went to Best Buy to get a new HDMI cable today and there were signs in the console section that said we don't have new consoles. <laughs> Like we, you know, that we do, you know, they, when we release stock, we will release them on bestbuy.com. So like basically don't ask any, like we're tired of being asked. We don't have any, um, right. yeah. Well, it was so. great because with that game, Ronan got to see what it was like, uh, you know, because th- th- at the time Neo Geo was more cutting edge. Oh yeah. It was, that was for it. And so Ro got to play it and Ro was like, what in the world is this? Oh, you know? yeah. I'm like, I'm like, man, it's, it's metal like and, and we were playing it, and he's just like, wow, this is actually pretty hard. And I'm like, oh, it's way harder than video games nowadays. Right, yeah. You know? There is no uh, recuperating your health or your shields or anything like that. You know, you hide somewhere. Nothing like that, man. You got hit. You, you lost life. You yeah. lost enough life. You died, and after that, you, like you said, it was it was just a quarter dumpster. That's what you they were that's what yeah that's what they wanted you to do you know that was the main i i can't think of one game there was one game i don't know how to make there there was an old game called rygar that was based on like ancient yeah so you threw that shield a la captain america but but it was connected to a chain so like you could pull it back and i remember there was a sign on one of the ones i went to and i think i saw it again where it's like second player plays for free so if you put a quarter in the second player slot you could just hit the start button again or the second player slot and you would come back. And so nice. my dad came and checked on me one time because he's like, you've never lasted this long on one quarter. What is going on? And I was like, yeah, you play for free. And I showed him the sign. It was just like right below the coin slot. Like, and he goes, oh. And I went to another arcade and it was the same thing. And I maybe it was one of those things that not enough people were playing Rygar. So they right. stuck the sticker on there and turned off whatever they had to turn off for people to just play it. So... Oh, I heard for the NES it was not great. It looked okay in the arcade, but it wasn't cutting edge. But no, no, not at all. It was, it was, it was cool for for what it was. But it's, but it's, like I said, it's just really cool for Ro to play the games that I was playing when I was his age. Yeah. And I was like, this is this is the video games that we were playing, and they were, you know, they, I remember them being. They were difficult. Yeah, and, you know, like we said, that was the whole point was they just wanted to munch whatever quarters you had, you know? Yeah. So it was good to get back. I hope I hope Xbox can... I know they've done some of those, but I, they don't have, I don't think, like an arcade collection. You have to go, like, game by game and go, yeah, I remember this in the arcade. I remember this one. It'd be nice. I know, like, uh, Genesis has done that, like the arcade collection, and I think... Or Sega has, and I think... Maybe Bandai Namco, you know, they did Pac-Man and a bunch of stuff. They've done those, like Galga, they did that. So you can go and download those. But I would like to see, like, an arcade collection. Like, it'd be nice to do it through decades of, like, 80s arcade games, you know? Because I know I had an Atari back in the day, the wood paneling wagon. uh, And all those were terrible. I remember playing, like, Pac-Man in the arcade going, this is amazing because it's all you got. And I remember playing it on the Atari going, this doesn't look at it like it didn't you know what i mean like it's the best they could do with what they had but it was just like this doesn't look good at all and i remember i remember most atari games were actually fairly depressing i went over to a friend's house he had an atari and i said oh man there's a return of the jedi game and he was like no you don't want to play you don't want to play that at all and i was like what no it's return of the jedi and i remember putting it in going 
what do you do? And he's like, I don't know. Like, it's one of those where they, the manual's three pages and you don't, it wasn't clear, you know? Like, yeah. Not at all. And the, the, the amount of stuff they tried to do with the two button type setup, you know, it was. Well, the Atari had one. Was. Well, was there two? There was just the one big red button on the joystick, right? Yeah, you're right. There's it. And if you were lucky enough to have the joystick with the one button, like a good joystick with the one button. Oh, yeah. How those things didn't get worn out, I don't know. And then we, my parents were apparently rich, and they actually had the the Pong spinner, you know, it would spin back and yeah. forth and had a button on the side. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had that, and we played, uh, what was it called, like, something circus or whatever. Mm, um, so there was, it was just a bunch of circus games, and so imagine you had a ball on a teeter-totter type thing, uh, and then uh, your guy would go up in there, and you'd have to rotate the ball and catch the guy on the opposite side so it could send the other guy flying in the air. Oh, you know? no. It was like this big teeter-totter type thing. The, the weight of the guy coming down would send the other guy flying, and you just had to roll over to catch him and then roll back. It was it's like a different version of Pong. Did you, did you ever play, because you had a lot of siblings, did you ever play Combat? That was like the best Atari game. Combat where, was, oh, dude. That was, that was probably the only one. one. Uh, that was probably, besides Frogger, and Space Invaders was all right. It didn't look good, but it still played like Space Invaders. Pitfall. Yeah, but Pitfall is just that one alligator. You're like, I got to jump. <laughs> I think Frogger was cool because it got faster. It was like the same thing, but it got faster. I don't know. I'd like yeah. to see Xbox see if they could do like a decade collection where they go back. Hey, the 80s, the top 10 80s arcade hits, you know, and then... Uh, and then, or, you know, the, the, or the 70s, the 80s, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, that would be really good to go back and be like, yeah, I remember this. This is much better than I remember, you know. People make fun of Nintendo, but they do have the online service, so they do preserve some of that stuff. Uh, and there, there's games like Metroid and Super Metroid and stuff like that, so you can go back and play those. And I never owned a Super Nintendo, so I got the SNES Mini when it came out around the holidays a couple years ago. And I had a gift card, so it only cost me like 30 bucks, but... There's like 21 games on there that like I've never played that everybody says are amazing. So uh, yeah. there's uh, Super Metroid, um, Street Fighter Turbo Edition, Street Fighter Two Turbo Edition, uh, Earth Earthbound, a uh, bunch of stuff. I'm I'm looking forward. There's a couple in there that I want to go back and play. I played Secrets of Mana, which blew my mind because you could actually select different weapons. It was an RPG yeah. where you didn't just have a sword. You could be like, oh, I want to use a staff. I was like, wait. I can switch weapons in 92 or 90, like whenever that, like, that's crazy. Like it's stuff like that. So, so the other thing I want to talk to you about is like, you know, you know, I've played D and D off and on for years and I don't know if you've started to, but you mentioned to me, you have been playing with your family. So I think that's pretty cool that you're able to play with your relatives and stuff. Have you, I mean, obviously you've enjoyed it cause you've done it several times. Um, I mean, are they asking cause you've started DMing too, which is crazy yeah. cause you never did that when we were younger. You always came and showed up and played. Right, uh, right. So this is like a whole new ball of wax. Yeah, so it was. It's been, it's been good. I know that you know the kids have been here and like we get together and we play Dragon Age. Oh, what's Dragon Age? And, you know, and I play Dragon Age uh, video game. You know, so Ronan and Riley know what that's all about. But to roll around on a pad paper form, you know, hey, I'm getting together with Uncle Joe. I'm going to play Dragon Age, and then. Uh, over the couple of years, they've they've uh, known that I've been coming over and playing these types of things. So they just started to gain an interest in what is that? You know, it's an art, it's a role playing game. They're like, is it like D anD D? And you're like, well, yeah, actually, that's roughly exactly what it's like. So yeah. So then they started looking into more of that, and then uh, uh, my nephew, he got really into it. Like he sucked in sucked in like it is his it, it's consumed him like mm. he'll be watching tv he'll be on the computer watching you know uh D beyond play mm. while he's on watching tv while eating dinner you know so um he's like hey let's start rolling characters and uh, one day he probably rolled like eight characters just for himself mm. without actually playing you know and so he started doing a campaign and the kids were starting to get interested uh, my daughter more so than uh, big boy, uh, but so I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna invite them over and we'll we'll play a campaign. You know, uh, they get to play with more of an experienced person with someone that has more of a, yeah. And your your kids are teenagers too; they're not like seven. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Correct, 
Right. So, but when you get somebody that just recently started playing and they really don't necessarily know how to articulate what they're wanting out of a group, and then uh, you have somebody that is more mature <laughs> yeah. than a 15-year-old. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. just played for a while. And then just watching them, like they're like just describing, like, you know, I took a, uh, a page from you. I was just, just describing the invitation of them being invited to this ceremony. You know, like the how it was drawn out, the type of paper, you know, the color of the paper, you know, the gold filigree, you know, that sort of thing. And they, they just stopped and was like, wow, have you seen this before? And like, well, no, I'm drawing a personal experience because you know, when you get married, you know, you. Oh, yeah. You have out, invitations and they. Out your card. Exactly. And you spend. A, and some people, I don't know about you, but you, you could spend money on those and make them, you know, gold plated or, you know, gold rimmed and all that, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So after we, we played for the first time as me as DM, you know, uh, uh, Ronan and Riley and James, they, they, they were sold. You know, they, they, loved, they loved it and they, they were completely sold. Now, my other nephew, uh, you know, you always have that one person that wants to play, but as it gets, you know, maybe 30 minutes to an hour into the campaign, you know, they more or less are just bored and just want to be like, hey, hey, look at me. And that's how that's how my my second nephew was. And you're just like, look, man, it's not it's not your turn yet, you know. So you just got you just gotta wait, you know. You'll you'll get your turn. So being with Ronan and Riley and playing with them, and then seeing their entrance, and and then uh, Lisa got them their own personal dice to be able to. That's where it starts, Martin. So what's going to happen now, and you know, is they're going to start rolling poorly, and they're like, can we get more dice? And then you're going to have a sack of dice, like. Well, pick one of these. We got the four sets of, but that's how it goes, you know. Yeah. Well, you you know as well as I do, and I was never like that, thankfully. But you know, you got those those people like my brother. When you play with him, there's certain dice where he'll he'll gladly let you play with. But there's like a certain set of three or four dice that you don't touch. Like it's it's not like you don't touch it. It's it's on the verge of you know I'll a fight. You, I, I will punch you in the face if you touch my. And you're just like. Yeah, I mean, I let people use my dice, and I would always bring extra dice, but I would have, like, you could use them, but I'm like, these are the ones that are actually working tonight, because I'm actually rolling right, decently. Right. So you could have anything right. else, but these are mine, and not like a fighting way, but like, these are working right. for me right now. Like, do not touch these, because, well, you know. You, you know as well as I do, man, that there, there are nights, and for the people that are listening that don't play, and then for the people that do play, you know as well as you and I do, Joe, that there are nights where the last time you played, those dice did not work for you. No, they did not. They the do. dice that did work no longer work. Yeah, you got to refresh the dice. Work. Seriously. It's, yeah. It's were you, because my wife played for the first time. I think, I don't know if you had joined the group yet, but we were playing and she goes, I had all my dice because you just bring all the dice you got because you don't know if somebody's going to forget their dice or whatever, or we had new players too. So like, oh, what do I need to bring? And you want to tell them the least amount of stuff possible. You don't want to tell them to go to a gaming store and buy eight sets of dice. They're like, what are you talking about? You know, like, so you just bring extra dice. And I remember telling that to my wife and then bringing the extra dice and she picked dice out. I'll, you know, I said, you need X, Y, and Z. And she picked them out. And then she goes, why do you have so many dice? And I was like, you'll see. And she started to roll and like halfway through the session, she started to roll poorly. And she goes, I think I think I need some or no it was at like the end of the second session she goes I think I want my own dice and I go here we go that's that's how it starts you think those the ones that you had were crap I need my own that are good uh and then you're gonna run out of those those are gonna run roll like crap and you're gonna be like I could go for another set and then you're gonna have the stereotypical crown royal bag of dice that you bring to every session that I got because I saw one person do it and I go oh that's a cool idea and then, yeah. um, and then it's your bag of holding, but for dice. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and then that's what happens. I mean, that that's, I think for you, you know, the, the thing is too, is like, for me, I don't really like big groups and I know, you know, it's with your family and everything, but it, the, the thing you're like, man, there's, there's too many people here, you know, like maybe it's a thing of, you know, we've talked before you, you sometimes get in a bad session where you spend you want to be nice to people, but maybe you spend too much time with one character, but you're really involved in the story and things. And the other people may feel that they're not getting enough time. I mean, that happens, you know, like I've been in sessions with that as a player and I've been in a, as a DM situation where 
you really key into a character moment or something and maybe you're spending an extra amount of time. Uh, and then Zoom creates its own problems because if someone gets cut off and it's their turn, uh, you may not hear them and you may go to the next person. I, I had that happen in the last session where I felt bad a guy got skipped over, but he cut out and uh, you know he's like, oh, fine, you know, like go ahead. And that makes you feel bad because you can't really go, well, you could go back, but it's harder, you know? And so I wonder with your family if it's just a thing of like they're younger too so you know maybe the attention span isn't there to sit there like and there's a lot of stuff for you as a dm there's a lot of adventures out there that are literally what they call a one shot where it's like this is a two hour and we're done so your character is going to do this and they're done um there i think there's some free stuff on D D beyond you could look at uh like free campaigns and then you know and then some of those will tell you this will take you know three hours to run with four people and you're done yeah and then maybe that's a way to set expectations for your family to be like, hey, we're only going to do this right now. It's one thing, you know. But you, you've probably been doing shorter sessions anyway, though, with them, right? I mean, you haven't done anything that's, like, yeah. all-encompassing and long. And No, so the first session was about four hours. And I knew that I, no matter what, I wanted to end it that night. I didn't want it to carry over. Yeah. Because you don't know how well they're going to do or even if they're going to even want to like it, right? So you just want to yeah. make sure that everybody gets yeah. their fair share and stuff like that. And they have a great time. And then the second session, I was like, all right. And, you know, like you've said in the, your previous podcasts, is that uh, you can plan all you want. Um, but if you plan too much in depth, there's always those couple players that, you know, hey, you know, you're going to go into town and be like, mm, nah. Yeah, we're I'm gonna not going to do that. The river. And you're like, but there's nothing really across the river, remember? And there's like, yeah, but we're going to go across the yeah. river. And you're like, okay. <laughs> You're like, but people are screaming and the town's on fire and they need help. And you're like, I mean, they got a fire brigade. They're fine. And you're right, like, right. no. So the last time we played, you know, I invited everybody over. And then my Cyrus, the, the one that we were having troubles with last time, I was like, you know what? I'm going to build a campaign and I'm going to make him the, the focal point, right? So I made him the small town champion. I made it. It was, it was kind of bullshit because I made it to where... He would literally, there's no way that he would not win in this small town. Now, Joe, he had to fight uh, a gnome, and this gnome was had a two-handed sword that he was dragging behind him because he had enough strength to swing it, but he didn't have no strength for follow-through. And so Cyrus was rolling like crap and being beaten up by a gnome, and Cyrus is a dragonborn, you know, so... He's being beaten up by a gnome. So finally, he beats this gnome. And I'm like, oh, you know, I made this big ceremony. Oh, you're the town champion, you know, and that sort of thing. And, and so Ronan rolled into town with him. Uh, not together, but, you know, then they were like, listen, I got a job for you. I want you to take this. And it was like this massive crystal. And you know, Cyrus held it. He felt power going through it, you know. And take my dog with you. You know, it's a wolf. It was a big, dire wolf. Um, he will see that you get to the town, which is four towns down the way. You can and ride so, dire wolves. Well, he could. Well, I mean, some he, people, some he, people, he couldn't, but some people can ride dire wolves. Like I think goblins right. and stuff ride them into battle. Right. Well, you wouldn't. You, this was one of those ones that you know you, you could ride them, but you wouldn't last very long. Right. Like, he would, he'd buck he you and then eat you. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. So, he's, nice. So I, I made this campaign. I made him the champion, and Ronan. Ronan caught on what I was doing, so it was, and so Cyrus, you know, Cyrus had that little bit of pride. I'm, I'm the champion, so every time Ronan's character said something, you know, and, and uh, you know, Cyrus is like, well, you know, coming from the champion, you know, Ronan's like, well, yeah, you're right, you know, and he's bound, you know, you're right, you're yeah. the champion. And so they went on this this thing, and eventually, it's James too- and Riley met together, and they, the whole thing was like the entire party was going to come together, and there was going to be this this battle at the end because they had they would have a choice, either keep this massive emerald of power or give it over like you were intended. I was going to let them decide what they wanted to do. Well, nevertheless, they got halfway into the campaign, Joe. In the middle of a road, a tree fell. They could have walked around it, but Cyrus decided that he wanted to chop this massive tree about the size of like a Dodge Durango and burn it. And so then, you know, the dire wolf went and got them food and then, although he got them this massive (laughs) stag, which just so happened that uh, Riley and James were in the woods and they saw this massive stag and this massive dire wolf grab this stag and run off with it. So they chased off, which that's how they were going to meet up. Mm-hmm. I made it to where that's how they... And so they ended up meeting up, you know, and then the entire two hours after that, it was all about Cyrus. 
mm. wanting to kill and eat Ronin's horse and not the stag that was right in front of him. So there was two hours of Ronan and him fighting because Cyrus wanted to eat his, his horse. And I was like, and after after about three hours, I was like, well, that's the campaign. Yeah, that's... We going anywhere. Yeah, that, was, that, that's was, the roughest was, part. Like, I had a similar thing in one of my campaigns. Is I think one of the players, the background is really hazy, and I presented him with, like, okay, you have option A or B. This kind of meets your criteria for what you want to accomplish in this world yeah. and he goes actually is there is there option c and i mean his character is probably ninth level at this point so he's already kind of been on this path for a while and i was just like i don't i guess you could go with c and he's like well maybe i just read my character wrong or like i did the and i'm like well i mean we've talked about this like you know and that's one where i think too like he found magic and uh, dragon age complicated or uh dnd complicated he played dragon Age and like that because it is a mana system but in dnd it's like you have spell slots how do you recover those you have to rest you obviously have to you know um transcribe your spells like it's expensive if it's not in your school it's more expensive and i think he just didn't like that um and he kind of didn't focus on hit points so he was kind of really squishy it's like it was it was too much for him to like I don't think he, and so he, he actually did call me and say, you know, I do like my character, but, uh, you know, it's a lot to manage. And I said, well, there's classes that use spells uh, and fight like warriors, you know. There's Eldritch Knight, which I've told him about before. There's, you know, there's a lot of different options, you know. And so I said, really read those options and kind of come up with something that you like. Because I want, I want the storyline that I made to continue, and I don't want you to show up every week if you're unhappy with yeah. You know, and then that's the thing with Ronan and Riley, they get what's going on, but probably a couple of weeks in, they're like, Hey, Dad, we, you know, <laughs> I mean, the champion's great and everything, but like, what else is going on? Because he was a champion three towns over, but we're three towns past that. And these other people right. in the other towns, they don't care that he is, right. you know, they don't care at all that he's a champion. They're like, Oh, that's nice. You're the champion in that small town with 100 people where there's 3,000 people in this town. And, we could care less right. that you're the champion. Hey, you can try to prove right. yourself in the arena, but good luck, you know, like. Right. So Even when you have, when you're playing with kids that are uh, 15 years old, you know, 13 through 15, and you know you have a problem child, right? You know, even then they're like, listen, listen, man, just just listen to the story. That's what they keep saying. Just, just listen to the story. You know, stop. Just just listen. You know, and then you know they realize that there's a bad apple. You know, and then, mm. and that bad apple is just ruining for the rest of them. You know, and then at, at some point you got to go like, hey, listen, man, you either want to play or you don't want to play. If you don't want to play, just just bow out, go sit down. You're not turning on the TV or playing Xbox because that's what we're doing. We're spending time together as yeah. a family because that's what y'all wanted to do. And then, you know, the next time the people that want to play will play. And I'll just let them know that, hey, if you don't want to play, uh, you're not coming over because that's what we're that's what we're about tonight. You know, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna sit down. We're gonna have dinner. We're gonna have a great time. Then we're gonna we're gonna campaign for a little bit. Um, and so you, like you have seen, it's great when you have the majority of the people that are down to play, and they really do want to play and have a great time. And you know, BS about things that aren't campaign related. But then when it comes down to actually playing, you know, you want to play. But you always have that one person mm-hmm. that falls off the tracks, yeah. and even that one person will literally kind of be like, you know, it was great. But you know, I think I'm gonna bow out next week. You know, that that type of that type of thing. It's really sad how one person can like you yeah. know, ruin it. For well, everybody. that's what it is. I mean, we have some seminar group where the person scheduling is off, and like you, you know, you always, everybody's making time to be there, and they're yeah. kind of like, I don't know, and and I think that's upsetting to the group, and um, and and two, we just started earlier because we realized you know we don't see each other. We're on Zoom at least once every two weeks. So there's some catch up, like, hey, how'd your weeks go or whatever. Yeah. And so that was like cutting into game time. So we just agreed to get on earlier to do the chat up up until when we normally play. Because then, you know, then it, hey, we're at noon, we're playing. So everybody get on. Yeah. Like, you don't have to get on at 1130 if you don't want or 1145 to BS. But like at noon, we start, I'll do a recap, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah. uh, and that, that cut into the, that cut off the... You know, what are we doing? What is happening here? You know, and yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I think what I've learned and I've talked about the podcast, but just in general is, you know, having a session zero where everybody sits down and said, hey, this is what we're doing. 
So, you know, you guys are all helping each other. That's why you're in a group together. You know, you have a common goal. You guys aren't going to try to rip each other off. If you are, there's a reason for it, you know? Because that becomes a problem, too. Where one character's like, I want to steal from everybody. And you're like, well, that's going to create a lot of distrust in the group. Again, you guys are doing a common thing. And someone's going to get mad that you, you know, that you're not helping everybody or you're hanging back or that you're, you know, uh, yeah, that you're just not being part of the group, literally. You know, you're, right. you're not participating in the group project that we've all agreed is important. So, right. yeah. Well, I will say that, you know, playing with the kids has been really great. Uh, Ronan and Riley are playing with the same character. So you get to see, and they ask me that, you know, what, hey, what would you recommend? recommend rolling in another character that sort of thing and then you know of course the questions are always like well are you, are you unhappy with the character well, well no do you want to see where the character progresses like uh, what you can do with skills and feats well, well yeah um is there anything that you would change about the character well no no not really you know then you're like okay well i would recommend you stay with your character yeah. so you see you see how they grow and then when they get their new spells or you know their new feats or you know there's something like that they're like i really want to try this out so uh with my with James, you know, he wants to play a new character every single session. Well, that's kind of difficult because you, you know, you, you don't ever get to see your character grow yeah. um, into something. And so with Ronan and Riley, it's really cool to see the character grow and to see, you know, uh, because let's face it, when we play D and D, or even whether it's on a console or on pad and paper, we put a little bit of our our own self into the character. Yeah. Um, and I'm seeing that with all my characters. I'm like, oh, this person has a dark secret. Oh, this person has a messed up past. I'm like, I wonder, I wonder where all that came from. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's it. You do do that, and I I think I've talked to you about it, or maybe it was somebody else. It's like. I think some of that, well, even on the podcast I talk about, I don't think cliches are bad, you know? It's always a good, and plus it's like, I think it depends on what the character or the player does with that cliche, you know? Like how it, and it is good, like, like uh, you know, like you said, seeing your kids kind of grow into their characters, that's really cool because that would be, because I do have backstories and stuff for characters, but uh, I just made them as like a level one and exported it as a PDF and wrote it down and said, well, someday I'll get back to it. But I really like the character I'm running now. And there's another character uh, that joined the group like mid-dungeon, but they were all coming into the dungeon at the same time. So I came up with a backstory for him because he's going to be there. So it's like, okay, well, he's playing. He's got to be there. I got to have a backstory. Um, but yeah, you you know, that's what it is. Is like, I think I talked with another DM this weekend about, or maybe it was last weekend, but he wants to run his own campaign. He ran another campaign for somebody, like took their notes and took it over. And he wants to do his own uh, he wants to run his own campaign. And the pro- the problem he's having now is, well, that I talked about, the problem that I have now is, um, I think it's the ramp of challenge. You know, like we just talked about backstory. You spend a lot of time thinking about the characters and thinking about what you want to see them do and accomplish. And, you know, you you want to make some kind of paired, you know, um, something, je- some kind of jeopardy for them so that you know they're in trouble. But like, my goal is not to kill the characters, you know? And you want to be, so it's like, how do you balance that between being as fair as possible and then, uh, you know, not killing them, but also letting them be. And it, like you said, just with your kids, I mean, in my group, it is interesting to see the, the kernel of an idea, kind of how these characters have grown and changed. And uh, one of the players really surprised me because he played like a satyr, which they're basically known for partying. And every time I presented him with a mystery, He's been the first one to dig in and go, okay, let's go talk to so-and-so. Let's read. Let's go research. And it kind of blew me away. And he was asking the right questions, you know, to people. Like, he did. He definitely played against type, which I liked, actually, you know. And it's interesting. Like you said, it's interesting to see that when people do that, when they, you know, when they kind of get out of their comfort zone or whatever, or at least, you know, make it their own in a way instead of like, oh, yeah, like, you know, like the one guy, his tribe was killed and him and his brother survived and now they're going after the people that tried to kill them you know so which is a really cliched thing but it's actually helping my story in the timeline work out because this tribe keeps popping up and they seem to be helping a lot of bad people and they're like what is going on why do these people keep popping up and uh but it keeps them going of like we still got to track these people down you know so um it's stuff like that i i really like it and i know you and i 
uh, and your kids plan on doing something because I actually wanted to do a published campaign because uh, I haven't ran one since I was like in high school. And then I got, unfortunately, I got part two of a, a two-part campaign and I was reading part two going, wait, there's another part to this because somebody handed it to me. They were like, oh, here, run this. But it was part two. So that's not helpful. When you, right. oh, wait, right. wait, everybody's already level 10. What happened to part one? Right. What do you mean they're in a dungeon? You know, like, I don't, right. I don't right. get this. So well, it's, it's cool when you, when you, you know, we all play with those people that play the same character. No matter what, it's the same exact character. You know, with, with, uh, with my kids, uh, like Ro, he, you know, part of him, you know, he, he's a, he very much cares for people. You know, he's got a big heart. He's very caring. He wants to know about you. He's, he's very much a, a protector, you know? So he plays uh, like the paladin, like the virtuous knight, like that kind of stuff. Thankfully, he doesn't play a paladin, but he plays <laughs> a, thankfully, a, a he's a barbarian, you know what I mean? Oh, but yeah. his, his virtues of a barbarian are, are, aren't just, hey, we're just going to go and kill. It is also, you know, it's virtuous. You know, why kill him if he's, he doesn't have an a, he doesn't have anything attached to him. He doesn't have a sword. He's not threatening. You know, why don't we just beat him and then tie him? You know, that's what they... And then on the other hand, uh, you've got Riley, who does care about people, but she is more of the, uh, eh, what's in it, what is in it for, right. for me? Oh, you know, yeah. Gold, fortune, train, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. I'll, I'll go, yeah, I'll here. go rescue those townspeople, but, you know, what's mm-hmm. what's in it for me, basically? Right, right. Because so I'm not going to stick, like, I'm not going to stick my neck out for... You guys, unless yeah. there's some kind of, you know. Absolutely. So Ronan plays a warrior type person. It's like a barbarian, which, you know, that's, I think, the easiest way to transition into a pad paper or any RPG. Simple, easy, destruction, that's it. You know, you tank it out. But then Riley plays a magic user, which, in, in my opinion, I still don't play a magic user in anything to this day because they are way more complicated for me. And, you know, she. She plays it very well. One of the first things, very first time playing her character, I ran the very first campaign with him. And one thing that she was just so excited about, there was this this, this battle in the middle of this arena, you know? It was virtually just against a one-on-one, but everybody, the party members found their way into the arena. And so now it's a, it's a one versus the arena. And usually it's a one... Uh, the arena would open up for one person to come in and, and fight, and it would be for them against this one person. And then they'd kill it, and then something else would come through the doors. And then so far, and then they ended up fighting the arena champion. And they weren't winning against this champion. He right. was just pushing them around because it was a minotaur. And that's so more powerful riding. than they were. Right, yeah, absolutely. And it was great because I didn't think that anybody was going to die type thing. But Riley was like looking through her stuff, and she's just like, other than the magic missiles, and she had a, a wall of fire, you know, um, and she was trying to calculate, like, if I hit this wall of fire, I'm going to catch one of our guys on fire, but it will also catch the enemy on fire, and then the other three of our characters will not be harmed. She's like, you know, it, it's collateral damage is what she, yeah. you know, so she's like... She's those like, are, yeah, those are the decisions damage. you have to make of, like, yeah, yeah. So especially... Yeah, especially if you're a sorcerer with area effects, like area effect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my I play a sorcerer and he does a lot of combat magic, so like lightning. He's a storm sorcerer, so they get bonuses for like controlling weather and stuff. But yeah, it's like chain lightning is a straight line of like, yeah. all right, is everybody gonna get hit? Get out of my way. Yeah. So a lot of them are like, they're like, why don't you do X, Y, and Z? He's like, I I don't, you know, because he, he's. He he's a new member to the group, and so he doesn't want to kill people he doesn't know. You know, like so he's like, "Well, I'm not going to do that because you guys are standing in front of me. Like, there's no reason for me to, you know, right? It would be right. terrible." Thing, well, like one thing she casted because there was a group of things that came out, and she was just like, you know, uh, it was a cloud of poison is what it was. Anything trapped inside the cloud of poison. Yeah, I got trapped in that. It's over time. Yeah. You know, well, the very last guy, they're fighting. And, you know, the whole battle was about Cyrus. And I wasn't going to make it about anybody. But, you know, Cyrus was being a, a butt. And so I was like, you're my victim. And so I turned Cy- Cyrus was my victim. You know, and so uh, they kidnapped him, took him to the center of this arena while the party was going down up top. There was a fight club going down below that nobody knew about. And so the whole thing, the champion, they finally got to the champion. It was this minotaur, massive, just pissy minotaur. And so the battle ensued and that sort of thing. Well... Cyrus still didn't pick up his 
weapon, and so he just took off running. Well, you're running from a bull. And so, you know, the Minotaur looked at him, and no matter what, that's who he was after. And he's hauling yeah. butt after Cyrus. And the, the whole point of this whole story is that Riley got to do something, and then at that point, I think it, it hooked her into her character. At that point, I think it hooked her into pad paper because she was looking, and she, she's out of magic, right? She's like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. And then she had... You know, transition to plane or something like that. She can send one thing to a different plane for a period of time. Or like banishment and, or something like that, where you. Yeah, and it, but it was just for a period of time. It was like two minutes or something like that. And so this Minotaur running full bore, about to crush Cyrus, you know? And then Riley, Riley's like, I'm going to do this banish to plane type thing. And I go, You got to roll. And I told her what she needed to roll. I can't remember what it was, but for the sake of argument, she needed to roll above 50, you know? So she got 51 is what she got. Nice. You know? And it, it was literally to the, the second before Cyrus was going to be a blood stain on this wall, and he just disappeared. Cyrus is yelling. He's like, ah, ah. You know, in, in, at the table. He's actually yelling at the table. And Riley was just so excited that this thing just disappeared you know, and then the 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 guy of the keep came out and was like, you know, you, you beat my champion. You know, I'll, I will give you anything you want. Except he looked at Cyrus. He goes, except for you. Yeah, because you, you ran. <laughs> yeah. He goes, that's what you get to leave with. Was your license? So Cyrus like, oh, I'm gonna call him out. And I was like, you you're gonna call him out. He's he's a drow uh, dwarf. You know, and he's like, I'm, I'm oh yeah, the Draugr, whatever they call him, the the yeah, Druger, yeah, the Dark like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so. He's yelling at him, and then they hear this pop, crap, stuff like that. And Riley was like, oh, the Minotaur's coming back. And I go, yeah. the Minotaur's coming back. Yeah, it only like, lasts hey, for two minutes. You guys need to get out of there. No, that's, <laughs> like, no, that's yeah. So he took off, and then Cyrus like, I challenge you. You know, he's, he's yelling at the Draugr, and the Minotaur came back. And like a single swipe, uh, the Draugr took out the, the single-handed, double-headed oh, yeah. battle axe and just slammed it into the, the foot of his Minotaur champion. And then with his other hand and a flash of the eye, cut off the Minotaur's head. Yeah. And he's just like, I think it's best that you leave. But in that instance, it was great because I saw Riley, you know, being like, hey, collateral damage. And then, oh, you know, cloud of poison. And then she's like, oh, I can banish the plane, you know. And I think that solidified Riley playing pad paper. And you, I, for me, I haven't seen too many of those types of situations to where when somebody's playing, you know, they, they could take the lead. Like, no, it was fun. I'll play again tomorrow, you know. But to see those types of situations where it was just like a, I, I did it. You know, I I could do something really great with this character. It's very few and far between. And that was that was really heartwarming for me to see, I, I thought. Yeah, so that, it was, it was that, a lot. those are moments like you always, like, remember. I mean, I didn't have family doing it, but you do remember those things in the campaign where you would kill someone or... Uh, you know, I still remember a little bit of my the first thing I ever ran, which I just made a ranger, and I remember going into a cave, and I was hurt, and the DM didn't allow me to heal. So, you know, when you start as a ranger, you had like five, six hit points, and I think I had like two hit points, and he goes, okay, so you want to go in this cave, you have, you know, two companions with you, an elf, and uh, an elven warrior, and uh, like a priest, like what order do you want to go in? I said, well, I'm obviously last. Because I'm about to die. Like, I remember that stuff being really fun. But yeah, we've all had moments at the table where we're like, oh man, like that's so cool, you know? And like my wife did that when we were playing. I think there was a moment years ago when we were doing the Lord of the Rings thing based on 5th edition where she like wrecked all these orcs and was rolling really well and was like kind of just slewing all these orcs like a one woman army. And then I remember her getting done going, that was really fun. And I was like, yeah, like you, I mean, the group needed you, you were there, you rolled, like you do have these heroic moments where you're like, yeah, you know, and I think that's when she, I think she said that was like the first time she ever really played was like that group of sessions. So yeah, like I've had that moment too, where you see people go, oh man, that's great. You know, like that's cool. So yeah. See, and that's, that's, that's one thing that's really great is when you can take those type of things in your hand and you know, you, you look at everything that you can do and then. Sometimes you can only do one or two of those a day before you rest, so then you really do want to save it. But at the same time, in hindsight, you do something you're like, ah, I, I should have used it. So it'd be interesting to see the progression. You know, maybe maybe in the years they they will just go. You know, I'm, I'm too old for this, and they don't want to play anymore. But maybe 
you know, this will pass on to their kids, and instead of playing Magic users, they'll play like a, you know, smart ass something or other, and just hope yeah. for the roll of the dice to save them. Yeah, than, you, you, know, you, like, you could do. Yeah, I'm thinking about that with Dragon Age because you guys did leave kind of like we got you guys all the way to the level cap, and you guys kind of right now are very powerful. And it's and uh, I talked about this with the other DM for my D and D thing. Now, the people are getting like level ten or eleven, and that's pretty powerful in D and D. And it's the idea that it is very difficult to throw bigger and bigger monsters at them. The idea is to challenge them in other ways. And I remember one of the DM slash players said, "You know, I want more of there to be more mystery." And I was like, well, that's definitely like I've been focusing on that in the next part of the story. So the next chapter will be more of an overarching mystery of what's going on. Uh, so you'll really have to use your deduction skills because we already know you can swing a sword and have a shield. You know, we know that you're a good warrior, you know, like I don't need to te- like there will be combat, but I don't need to test you in battle anymore. I need to test your your intelligence, your, you know, your ability checks, like that kind of stuff. And really, really role-playing with the group because I think there's three, again, three characters that really like who they are, but one of them said he felt kind of hamstringed by the book we were out of Theros, which is based on Greek mythology, and you can only play a couple of races. So he felt a little hamstrung by that. And he's like, I like, I like this character, but there was more I wanted to do, and I didn't feel I could do that the whole way. So he might roll somebody else. But he is a really good role player when he, he gets going. So I think having that thing of like there being a mystery and them literally having to come together and sit in an inn and go, okay, what do we know? You know, we know X, Y, and Z. We should go talk to this person, you know. And uh, that that will be, I think, more rewarding than, um, you know, just, oh, you have to fight a big dragon, you know. Just punch it a bunch until it dies. Like that's not, you know. I've always that, wanted to do something, and I, I don't know enough about campaigning. Um, uh, like the classes and stuff like that. I don't know enough about that, which you do, and I think that'd be really cool to see. And what I mean is that uh, you, you test them not on their ability to be a rogue, right, or warrior, or, you know, a horrible cloth where you test them on their ability to be something that goes against what they are like right. to have a cloth where fight a warrior not a not a 10th level you know magic user versus a 10th level warrior right. but to have them fight a warrior knowing that they can't use magic that would be a that would be a, a test you know yeah. or having you know, a rogue fight something else or do something else that is not sneaky that doesn't involve lock picking or anything like that that they have to go oh crap i can't really use my skills because they completely were taken away from me, how else am I going to do? You know, I think that would be really well. A I, great I, think, I think I think for you, you should you should play a, a magic user because, you know, like you're talking about with your daughter, you do realize that stuff starts to happen when you run out of like if you're in arena combat and you start running out of like spell slots, you have to be incredibly creative. Uh, in fact, my the good thing they did about fifth edition is there's cantrips that most uh, spell classes can have that you can cast at will and they don't take a spell slot. And there is some offensive ones in there. So you could be like, well, it's boring, but I'm going to do a firebolt again. It doesn't cost me a spell slot and it gets us going and that person may catch on fire. You know, there's a chance that whatever can catch on fire. But like my sorcerer is, they're like, you just threw a knife at that thing? And he's like, yeah, it, I don't. It looked weak, and I don't want to. What am I going to come out swinging with like a lightning rod? You know, like a lightning? No, like I'm going to wait until we absolutely need, you know, something, and I'm going to turn it up a little bit, you know. So, uh, and everybody makes fun of magic missile, but it's great because uh, it always hits. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's one thing that Riley has. She's really excited. She's excited that when she gets magic missile times two. You know. Oh what I mean? well, so you just or three or whatever if you if you want to make it challenging. There's a book called Shield in the spell. It's a first level spell. And if you read, there's a thing at the end of it where it says, as a reaction, if you're a magic user, you can throw shield up right when you see magic missiles coming from you and you take no damage. So if a mate if a wizard shoots magic missile at you, you can just throw the like literally as a turnaround reaction, throw it up. The missiles just absorb into the shield and then like and then and it's not it's not screwing Riley over. It's like, hey, this isn't the first time this person's fought a wizard before, you know? They see you casting spells, right. and they're going to be like... There's also... It's a low-level spell called Counterspell. And if a uh, uh, if a wizard or mage or sorcerer casts anything below third level, it just negates their spell. 
So like, is, is Riley's like getting ready to do this? They could just go like that, and then her spell doesn't work. When the spells get higher level, uh, they have to roll because they're trying to concentrate on what you're doing, and it's harder. But like, Todd would always use a guy in our group was a wizard, and he'd always use web. He was always webbing people, and I he's like, yeah, I want to do my web. And the guy counterspelled. He goes, what? And I'm like, people can do it. Like, you're not the only wizard in this whole world. You know, like people have fought wizards before. You know, so it's 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 like using that to your advantage to you know, test people. And like, again, I'm kind of blown away that some of the characters did things they did, you know, where they were like, um, I think the thing that I'm trying to get away from, and I've seen this online a lot. is like, well, if you're out of spell slots or if you're a paladin and you're out of healing slots, or if you're a warrior and you're out of, you know, they have like action surges in fifth edition, let's just have a rest and then we'll go fight again, you know? And then you get through this rinse and repeat of like, well, I'll be fine. Cause I'll just be able to take a long rest. And you need to get people out of being able to do that, you know? I have a thing. I'm planning some sieges uh, for the last part of our this part of the story. And the idea is the longer you wait, the more people die. So you can take your rest. But when you go to this place to fight, because they're going from like city to city to basically kill a monster. So it's like you can do a long rest. But in that time, X amount of people will die. So if you show up, you are going to be hurting yourself saying, well, we have 50 less people to fight this siege because we decided to sleep for, you know, whatever. You know, if we waited an hour, we won't get all of our spell slots back, but we'll be rested enough to get some hit point back. And then an hour is a lot less. And so that's how that's going to be balanced of like, yeah, you guys could take a long rest, but by the time you get to your second destination, I mean, more stuff is going to be burnt. More stuff is more people are going to be dead. There's going to be more destruction. You're going to have less resources, you know? Um, Right. And when when I play, that's also one thing that uh, if I'm the DM, if I'm not the DM, you know, you're just at the whim of like the book and people in general. But if I'm the DM, I don't like playing by uh, D&D rules. I don't. Um, And especially if someone was to go, well, actually, you're supposed Mm -hmm. to. And I'm going, I'm the DM. Not you. So uh, I let people get away with certain things, you know, and then, but when I play with my nephew, uh, he's 13, man, and he knows those books. He is very versed in these books, and he argues with his mom. She plays online. She plays with the D&D Beyond groups and stuff like that, and so she's versed. He will light her up about, actually, this and blah, blah, blah. So when he does it to me, and I'm like, I'm the DM. (laughs) So... Actually, you can't do that. Well, it is, it is, it is, yeah, it's your, it's your campaign. It's your, if he's over at your house, it's your house rules, right? You could say, well, for my, for my house rules, this, like, I've even asked our group, like, hey, like, paladins have an ability to lay on hands, right? Like, they can heal you. Everybody knows that. That's like a level one paladin thing. But if you read in the book, it doesn't do anything if someone's dead, right? It, it only gives people hit points if they're alive. Well, there's a lot of house rulings on like, well, what's good at Paladin if you can't like, you're not resurrecting somebody. And so what a lot of people have done the house rule of like, okay, you can spend one of your lay on hand, whatever, and you stabilize someone so they won't die. But you've now burned a lay on hand spell slot and you've taken yourself out of combat to, you know, to stabilize that person. So you're no longer, you know, doing combat. There's stuff like that where you, you could tell your nephew like, this is just how I interpret this rule. Like we had another ruling on concentration. You can only concentrate on one spell at a time in D and D. So the spells will have a C next to them and like a diamond. That means you can only do one of those at a time. And one of our players was a wizard. He did one spell with a concentration spell and he did another one. So then that negates the first spell and he ended up getting crushed. Uh, Cause he put, some, he put, he shrunk an enemy to a goldfish and put it in his pocket put the goldfish in his pocket and you have to concentrate on that. So he doesn't have to look at his pocket, but he just has to keep in mind that he's got that in his pocket. Well, then he went to do another spell that was a concentration spell and I wasn't running and the DM said, are you sure you want to do this? And he said, yep. So he did it and they're like, all right, well that fish isn't in your pocket anymore. You've been crushed by this monster that you've put in your pocket. And he's like, Oh, that was dumb. And we were like, yes, yes, it was very dumb for you. (laughs) Like, so yeah, it's stuff like that. Like, and I, I'm getting the point again, like these, characters are very powerful and it's it's not just throwing a monster at them i mean there's some of that but some of it is you know how else can you challenge them like are they going to run into someone else who's you know as dastardly like you know a lot of like mcu gets uh that wrong a lot where it's like well just punch harder you know like you just have to punch the enemy harder and you'll be fine and i think 
you know, D&D, that's a common thing, too, of like, well, just punch the dragon harder and it'll die. And it's like, well, do do we have to fight the dragon? I mean, can we just talk it out? Because, like, if, if they're going to kill me, I'd rather, like, have a couple words to be like, whoa, 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 let's make this, you know, right. I don't want to well, get burned to a crisp. God, remember, dragons are highly intelligent. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they know that they can kill you. But, and that's a good point that you just made that I've never thought of before, especially when you fight a dragon, is that they can talk and they're very intelligent. So, like you said, can't you have words? Maybe can come we? Up yeah, with can we have else? ten minutes so, that like you're gonna kill me regardless? I'm in your like if you're in the dragon's lair, you might as well just put your own stuff on a pike so they can eat you. But like, just say like, listen, can we get ten minutes to talk this out? What do you want? You know, and right. then that could be a whole side campaign of like. Yeah, like this village told us to kill a dragon and there's no way we're going to be able to take on this dragon. So we're going to go talk to it. And it's like, listen, just like Lord of the Rings. Hey, I just want the Arkenstone. You know, the, the dragon. It's like, okay, well, you know what? We're going to go get you the Arkenstone. I don't care what it takes. Like imagine that being a side thing in Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. Let's go get it because, you know, I don't want to die. And uh, I would rather take on dwarves than that dragon. So let's, instead of taking on Smog, let's get the Arkenstone and just give it to... You know, or, or the other way around. Let's get this arc. Like, that's what they were trying to do. But you get what I'm saying. It's like, what do you want? Like, I, I don't want to die. So what do you want? Well, I want this. There's, you know, dragons like gold or some of them do. There's this one coffer of treasure I never got. Okay, well, where is it? Well, it's in the keep of the city. They told you to kill me because they know I'm going to come after that. Um, so who do, who do you want to, you know, how many champions are going to come here and try to kill me? Look at all these dead bodies. I've killed all these people. Do you want to be lay next to them or do you want to get me the coffer and then I'll reward you? And I'd be like, well, I don't think I can trust a dragon, but you're going to kill me, re- you know, regardless. So, right. you know. Either, either one, but even then, like you just pointed out, uh, which was another great point, either one, the odds of you dying is great. You fight a dragon, to be honest with you, you the odds in The Hobbit, great, great movies, great books, actually, but... Uh, the odds of them actually defeating Smog was slim oh, yeah. to none, and they did it. But the but if you were to talk to Smog, right? Smog said, you know, just that coffer in the city. You know, then you start weighing it. I have a better chance with the group I have in killing people, yeah, than I do yeah. with killing a dragon. You know, so then now you get to decide which one am I going to die, whether against humans or against this dragon, and then you, as a group, can go huddle. Yeah, and and I think for me, I mean, you might want to try that again. It's not to screw over players, you know, because you're all kind of telling the story together, as I've heard several times. But it's like, okay, you, especially mages, you have a very particular bag of tricks. Why don't you try, like, the one player who did the webbing just now in the last campaign is like, well, let me try an, an, an intelligence check and let me try using Arcana and let me try talking just in the last session which I would have liked to see more, but I think they're just getting into their character for whatever reason. But to me, that's what it is. is like you said, challenging them in a different way and saying, listen, you have, uh, as Galron said in the Dragon Age thing when we did that, you know, the world is a nail and he's a hammer. And it's like, well, what if the world is an anvil? You know, your hammer is going to do nothing to it. So now you have to reach into a different bag of tricks and say, what do I do to 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 challenge and that's always a challenge you know but I, I'm, I'm glad you're able to play with your family you're still having a good time and i think uh you and i'll get together and try to plan out our thing and i'll, I'll run that because i want to run a like i said a pre-run campaign i haven't done that forever we'll talk about characters and i'll i'll read more about it and we'll set up the scene we'll have like a session zero where we talk about you know do you want to make a ranger do you want to make a warrior how do you know how do you guys want to do this and this is why you're in this town and this is why you're doing the thing and this is the general gist of what's happening without giving anything away and so then everybody's on the same page and then you know yeah with that being said you know i do want to say that uh for the your listeners out there and stuff like that man um for all the bad rap of what dnd got when i was a kid oh the satanic panic i remember even when i was young yeah even even people that play for the first time and if they can get over the fact that they have to act in front of other people, listen, man, life is a is an act. Yeah, we're all doing it every day, man. Yeah. So, but to step out of that and be a potential character and use your brain, use your creativity, just be a drunken slob for you know, because that's what your character is, not mm-hmm. what you are in real life. Yeah. That's, that's what your character is for three, four hours of of your life. 
and you know just be virtually a Lord of the Rings character type thing. It is phenomenal. It uh, it pushes you to do other things outside of life when you realize, hey, I just can solve puzzles. Like playing with Carla and you on the campaign that we did, uh, you did that that puzzle, which was absolutely fantastic with the sand and all that, and then, uh, you know, the, uh, the mm-hmm. stones that the came down. The weight and all that, yeah. Um, I realized that it was a puzzle in the sense of, like, a kind of like an Indiana Jones thing, but Carla kind of felt that, and she ran with it, and she, other than the little bit of help that uh, Galron gave, not Galron. Um, Galen, yeah. Galen gave. Carla ran with that. I mean, she she picked up on that, and she she ran with. Hey, let's put over there. Hey, maybe you go stand over here. Yeah. You know, and she she ran with the fact that it was a, a puzzle. Yeah, and it was really cool to see Carla do that. Well, I I, I always tell her she she always is like I don't know maybe I will maybe I won't I don't know if I want to be part of it but she kind of warms up and she's really good when she gets going but it's always that first ten minutes where she's like ah, and then she gets going and I'm like you're really good at this you know but it, and I think there's a lot of people like that and I think. I think what it is too is, um, you know, I listen to the official D and podcast. They have an official podcast, and they they have people on there all the time talking about how to run campaigns when they start. And they say, yeah. well, listen, it's kind of intimidating. So, just have someone over and say, hey, we're just going to do this for an hour. I have something that's yeah. fifty minutes long. You're just going to be a warrior. You know, don't worry about your stats. I'll tell you when to roll that when you need to. And then from then on, you know, see if it really sparks. Because that's what I did. My first thing was like an hour and a half. And I was like, this is great. You know, Um, and that that could be all it takes for people. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. So, yeah, let me do the outro. Yeah, let me do the outro really quick. So just to remind everybody, this podcast will hit my website, www.gamewithgrieve.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there, leave a comment. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Or you can go to www. Well, that you yeah go to www or gaming oh, blah screw that up go to uh, gwgpodfellows at gmail.com drop me a line let me know what you think there uh, or you could go to iTunes subscribe to the podcast there uh, let me know what you think and now I'm on Google Play so if you have an Android device you can listen to the podcast there uh, or go to Twitter and find me I'm at just little Joe leave a comment and I will try to get better about uh, advertising this. And yeah, I think that's it. So everybody have a good week and I will talk to you next week. Bye.